severely messed Artists like their boots are torn to shreds The government will spoil your hopes and dreams By offering a useless retreat and scheme There's such amazing talent, why can't you see That the government has decimated the industry And now the years of hard work have been thrown away Just get a real job Hello, I'm Jamie McKinley and welcome to another episode of Just Get A Real Job, the podcast where we speak to emerging creatives and creatives alike from across the creative industries. Thank you for tuning in as always. If you're a regular listener, thank you very, very much for your continued support. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome to Just Get A Real Job. Thank you for, for choosing to listen to us. Uh, this is episode 57, so we have a massive back catalogue now full of fantastic conversations. So if you enjoy today's episode and you haven't listened to the rest of our podcast or there's some episodes you think you might fancy, be sure to go back and check them out. Something else I just wanted to quickly mention as well before I introduce this week's brilliant guest is... Uh, that this week or last week now I was down in London uh, with work and I got the opportunity to meet Joe O'Neill who's a regular guest on this podcast in real life and I know a lot of people that follow us on the socials will have seen that but you know doing this podcast is is a real privilege and it's great to get to have these you know amazing chats with really really interesting like-minded people and it's just really nice moment to when you know when you get to meet people that you'd met on zoom doing this in real life and you make these friendships so it's always lovely when that happens with a guest and uh, you know it's always really nice just seeing previous guests online and stuff doing really well and, and making progress in their careers as well it's it's you know i feel it makes me very proud anyway so yeah it was a, it was great crack meeting joe in the flesh and uh yeah no it was just you know re- those sort of moments make doing this just even more special so um i really really enjoyed this a massive shout out to joe and i'm sure it won't be long till he's back on the podcast again but anyway without much further ado it's time to introduce this week's episode and speaking to us on the podcast this week we have the wonderful alice johnson and alice works as a production runner at the moment for ITV and current affairs and stuff. She also is about to launch her very, very own podcast, which is called Overtime, um, which is really exciting, and that's that's that'll be out soon. There's links to all Alice's work, as always, in the show notes, but I'm sure you'll hear more of what she's got to say very, very shortly. But this episode was really, really enjoyable one because I me and Alice's conversation was very much, I don't know, it very much captured the essence of what this podcast was is all about. It was very much on the, you know, if that makes sense to anyone, I'm sure it will to regular listeners, but, you know, we talked about the difficulties of getting a job in this industry and the sort of pressure that comes with you know wanting to go into into the the arts as a job and how sometimes people outside that world don't really understand your decision and your sort of process and why you want to do it but that is definitely enough waffle for me I feel like I'm particularly waffling on today it's it's a Monday so maybe that's it but anyway without much further ado episode 57 of Just Get A Real Job with the wonderful Alice Johnson enjoy Hi Alice, how are you doing? It's lovely to meet you. It's lovely to meet you. Thank you for giving up your evening. This is fun. No, it's no problem. It's uh, I know we both work like Monday to Friday jobs, so it's like, you know it's it's Thursday, so we're at that. We're nearly there. It's nearly the weekend. Yeah, nearly. Well, Alice, this is quite funny because you'd, I've never met you before, but I know you'd listened to this podcast before. So as I was saying to you before we started, like, I feel like you probably for once is the opposite where you probably know more about me than I know about you. Yeah, definitely. I'll try not to fangirl. Like I really, <laughs> I love this podcast. I'm such a podcast listener. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't like doing things alone. I think that comes from the sort of like social and outgoing nature of, of being like in the creative industries. And so whenever I'm doing something, there is a podcast in the background. Yeah, I'm the exact um, same. 
yeah yeah I love binging your podcast and I, I as I said to you before like I just wish I'd come up with the format like I'm kind of low-key annoyed <laughs> but yeah you're doing a great job <laughs> Well, thank you very much. But to be fair, maybe so, the format is sort of just, it, I feel like I'm still making it up as I go now. Yeah. That's interesting about the podcast thing. Like, I feel like I'm all, I'm the same. I always have to either have music on or a podcast yeah. on. I just, you know, it can never be in my own, in my own thoughts. Like, I feel like yeah. I fall asleep listening to podcasts. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, same. You've always got, yeah, but you have to pick an independent podcast to fall asleep to so that they get the, the listens whilst you, <laughs> whilst you snooze. <laughs> That's very considerate. Before I sort of get into the, the rest of the podcast, I just wanted to yeah. ask, like, what sort of podcasts do you, other podcasts do you like to listen to like just I'm always curious anything, like is any of yeah. any other ones you want to plug you know give them a wee shout out on this anything food anything comedy I've really been enjoying hey now hey now I don't know if you've listened to no, it I've never heard of it it's about growing up in the 90s and they go through films oh, cool. and analyze oh. them but just like break them down into like weird categories yeah that's a really good one that I'm enjoying now that sounds very yeah. fun. That sounds good fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure to check that out. It's good. They went through like Shrek last week or something. <laughs> I mean, it's like really insightful. <laughs> I just feel like I've sometimes had so many podcasts that I subscribe to that I just, if you miss a few weeks, it's sometimes kind of hard to like jump back in because you're like, yeah, there's just, there's so many out there. It's a very sad yeah. market. Why do we do it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just glad anyone listens. But as you'll know, and I'm going to still say it because I say it every, but like, we like to start the podcast by asking all our guests, like, what are your sort of earliest creative memories so do you remember when you sort of decided you were going to go down the route you sort of wanted to go down yeah I think like if I'm taking it right back like earliest would be I always dance but I always fail dance exams like uh, the amount of dance exam certificates I have with N on for no score was insane and I think that was all, all from like knowing that I wanted to be creative but then it was never the right thing for me to be on stage do you know what I mean um, yeah. and knowing that I wanted to do something that was like expressive and fun and creative but yeah being being on the stage was 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 not my calling for sure and then I think when I was thinking about this I was kind of forced into like a level drama and I went through and (laughs) I did a monologue at this school I Stedford we called it but it was basically a talent show and I basically again got stage fright and just sort of ad-libbed and then I ended up winning best drama performance and I remember the surreal feeling of hearing other people like in the interval talking about my performance and then when I won like my science teacher was sat in front of me and was like oh it's good to see you've actually put your talking to you Salas and I think that was just the moment where I was like oh okay so this is something (laughs) that I could do but yeah I think as I got older I realized that behind the camera was much more comfortable you can still be creative but you know you don't have to be forefront yeah absolutely you definitely get to that point I mean I remember when I used to do acts and stuff and I just Mm -hmm. I I just you just kind of know I think you know quite early like that I can't this is not what I want to do but then like meeting people in the industry now most of us have started at dance or drama school because they knew always from that early age that there was something that they wanted to Mm. do creatively and then yeah they just assume that it's just like theater school that you want to do and until you figure out (laughs) yeah it tends to always be like art music or like drama because for whatever reason we don't really know about tv or film or the roles that are within it they don't really teach that in in high school or primary school which is probably not i think that needs to maybe change because it you know no one really knows what a grip is or whatever 
when they're 12 do you know what I mean they... yeah I mean I still feel like sometimes people are figuring it out because even on every show like I've been for interviews before and said oh what's your ambition and then I say oh AP in the next two to three years and then they're like oh well we don't have APs on this show and I'm like oh okay well that's the sort of career progression in this show so they all vary so much that yeah. I even feel like when you're in it you don't even know no absolutely it's, it's you just figure it I remember I'd finished my undergrad and I'd never even been on a film set I had a degree in film and yeah. theater and I'd never been on a set before so I was like I, I could I wouldn't I think I only knew what a gripper like I'm using that as an example twice in a row I'm trying to think of other other roles do you know what I mean even a producer like I feel like I didn't know what a producer really did until two yeah. years ago when I did my no. you know mental but I have a master's in producing and I still don't really get it <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that actually ties in because I meant to ask you this before we started mm. before I, I did the first question but like for the listeners of juice kind of want to describe before we get into like the the details and all that but what mm. you sort of do for a living and like how you sort of view yourself as a creative yeah so I'm still very much at the beginning of my career very much emerging as are most of your guests I feel like yeah. that the, that brings in the good listenership um, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I found it anyway <laughs> yeah so I'm a production runner on ITV on a program cultural affairs factual program so all the every day I'm like researching and putting together like contributors and finding stories to make current affairs shows and things like that yeah which is really exciting it's all it's all very new to me and it, I uh, now work in Media City in Manchester which is very exciting yeah insane like the hub of it I mean some people have been like oh I don't like how everyone's so TV there but I like how you walk into Pret and you never know who you're gonna see you know <laughs> yeah I need, I need I need to I need to get down to Manchester and just like yeah. visit again I've been before but like I feel like I'd never I've never been to Media City or anything so I'd oh. quite like to I'd quite like to soak that up because you know I've heard great things I'll show you around um, <laughs> and then in the rest of my time I still create social media for short films so one of the films I'm working on at the moment is refugee film backed by the UN which is really exciting it's Oscar and BAFTA qualified so that's really really exciting and yeah I have my own podcast as well which is yeah. as we were discussing before it's a labour of love and kind of a grind sometimes <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely so, but I mean we'll, we'll sort of we'll go into all of these things and talk about them in a bit more depth mm-hmm. in a minute but the next question on the podcast of course is it's sort of about how where you're from and how where you're from is sort of influenced you as a creative so I'm hopefully going to get this right for research but you're from Essex right I am unfortunately from Essex okay I got that right well I wasn't <laughs> going to say that but you know <laughs> no uh, yeah I'm from Essex uh, I don't like saying that it sounds like <laughs> Alcoholics Anonymous you should always be proud of where you're from but I don't know that Essex has the the best rap I feel like <laughs> living outside of London really like spurs you on and sort of the creative industries like always going to see the theatre and stuff and particularly the town I live in shall we say there was a lot of TV film there particular reality TV show even when I was like back working in hospitality I worked at a very well-known bar on a particular reality TV show so like just always being around sort of like being able to walk down the street and see mm. like filming sets and things that was yeah really exciting and I feel like it definitely sort of sparked something in me to be in that sort of sphere 
Yeah. But I mean, I, I feel like you don't need to name the TV show because I think it's pretty obvious what, what yeah. I, um, I mean, the <laughs> listeners will figure that one out. But so when you were growing up, when did that show start? And do you remember like, so that, do you think that was a big part in you thinking, oh, TV looks kind of interesting? Or was that just sort of an extra little part of it? But, no, I know what you mean. I, I can't really remember when it started, but I remember like suddenly my town was like on the map and like people would come by the bus load. And then, yeah, when I did get the job at the bar and we would do like Love Island, and uh, after parties back in the day I, I just always found that sort of sphere very exciting I mean I'm not scrolling through Hello Mag but I thought it was exciting to be around those sorts of people and people that had you know shot to fame and things like that and I just I find that sort of thing fascinating I'm really like fascinated by people and when yeah particularly like reality tv when they're just like randomly choose to shoot to fame yeah I feel like it yeah it probably did spark something but then I don't know when I was even interviewing for the for the role I have now with a different company they were when I had an interview with them they said oh why would you want to move to Media City when you live just outside of London and I was like yeah but I've grown up seeing people do the commute you know living in a commuter belt like I just wanted to be part of like the hub of TV where where mm. TV was headed up north. So yeah, I think it's always been there, but then it's always been just out of reach, you know? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, we again, we kind of spoke about this before we started the interview properly, but like imposter syndrome is still like, I, I just think when you grow up and you're not part of TV, you're not part of the world of TV. Like, I think I, I can't speak on behalf of everyone, because, but like, I feel like I know people in the industry who's like mom and dad work in the industry. Right. And they don't mm-hmm. have the same imposter syndrome because it maybe just felt like a more like reachable world because they were part of it mm-hmm. growing up. Whereas like, I think for people like maybe like us, where you're we're never part of it growing up, it just feels because you watch TV all the time or a film or whatever, it feels like a, yeah. a place that is almost like unreachable or like it, you're not part of that world. And so even when you become part of it, you sort of feel like, oh, well, how am I here? Like, this doesn't yeah. feel like a, sh- I don't know, it's a weird one. And I don't know why that is, but that's sort of my take on it anyway. Like, why I think that yeah. might be the case. It almost feels like a little bit embarrassing when it's like, oh, yeah, I want to work in telly. It's like, well, yeah, all right, just get a real job, hey. And that's literally how, like, I found it because I was just, I was a bit sort of embarrassed that that's what I wanted to do and that's what I definitely wanted to chase. And I mean, I love my grandparents, but they always said, I don't understand what you do for a living, like all the time. (laughs) So even now, like, I'm so confused. Like, what what programs do you work on? Like, will I see you on telly? Like, I think think it's very confusing. Like, and then until you get there, it Mm. can still sometimes be feel like a pipe dream. Yeah, absolutely. And I think kind of what we were saying, like at the start about how like when you're at school and stuff, you sort of, it's at you, people, you know, you're creative, you're going to be an actor, or, like you yeah. do art or something. Like that. But I feel like when you talk about TV, like, because my grandson is like, are you on the telly? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm behind. I'm never going to be on the telly, you know. <laughs> Well, that's technically a lie because I, wa- I was an essay in a show which will be out next year, which is hilarious. I can't wait for my three seconds on the tail. I wonder <laughs> if I'll get cut. Total, absolute fluke. But, you know, that is, you know, so there you go. My gran will get that. But, like, yeah. you know, people seem to think it is a really weird one. And it's like, it's difficult to explain to people that aren't in it. Like, no, no, no. I'm. J- it's not like, you know, you know what I mean, I guess. No, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And it's hard to describe what you do as well as pr- like production, like without breaking it down and just sort of over explaining yeah. it. 
No, it's something the, the the thing I sort of get a lot at the moment is because I'm a script editor, people saying, "Oh, you're script supervisor," and I hate that. Like, it really annoys me because even it's such a subtle difference, but they're such totally different roles. And I'm like, I'm not a script supervisor, but anyway, that's just by the by. But yeah, to continue on the where you're from theme, one of my favorite questions on the podcast ask is like, what like your favorite word or phrase from Essex, from where you're from? Do you have I mean, one? this is my least favorite question. This is your least favorite question? Oh, there no, you go. because of where I'm from, I just feel like <laughs> it's so embarrassing. So like, obviously they had like the classics when we were growing up. I'm sure they they made it up for five. Like sort of you had your peng and your ream and everything. And I mean, it put us on the map. But when I was thinking about this question, because I actually had to think about this question so much because there's nothing I like. Like at the end of the day, overuse of likes, none of it. I don't like any of it. I used to work in a pub, like not even that long ago. And I had the same postcode as the pub. Yeah. But I kind of, I don't know, being at uni and everything, and I lived in America for a bit, I kind of like purposely lost my sort of Essex twang, hopefully still have. Um, yeah, that, and- yeah, yeah that, that's fair to be, you, to be fair. When, when I like, when we came into the interview, I was like, right, Alice is from Essex, but you didn't really sound that Essex. So yeah. So someone said to me, oh, you're not from around here. And I literally had the same postcode as the pub. And I just <laughs> thought this was my favorite answer I thought of to this question, because my favorite <laughs> thing about where I come from is that someone that people don't think I'm where I'm from <laughs> so wow yeah. you really kind of a cop out you, that <laughs> is a cop out so you're really not a fan of, of Essex then well I just don't feel that passionately <laughs> about like loving the word pang or loving no that, that's that's interesting it is a, that is a really interesting one because I feel like I don't really think there's anywhere else maybe, maybe Newcastle is the only other place in the UK that's mm. maybe because of the, maybe it's the two reality shows yeah probably. there seems that like a kind of almost a negative connotation about those places which is weird yeah but everyone like has such cute answers to this question like wet my sister lives in scotland and whenever i go to scotland i literally had to get a translator basically you know (laughs) when they're using like pen or or that affair or something that's in in a way that I don't understand like there's such like nice colloquial little <laughs> things and then mine is just like oh yeah that's bare nice like no I'm not, I don't I don't feel passionately about that at all well that's fair enough well I hope yeah. that question didn't give you too much trauma Alice but thank you for answering it anyway well just just quick before we move on quickly then because you're just saying your sister lives in Scotland is there a Scottish word that you really liked when you were up here that you quite like that you'd use since because I, I love speaking to people at work about this who because all my colleagues are based in London basically so like I love it when they hear a word and they're like you know they start using it so is there any words up that you picked up from Scotland I think a phrase that always makes me smile is when her and her husband and her friends always say oh down the road and they're literally referring to us in English <laughs> And I'm like, do you understand? I drove 12 hours to come and visit you. It's definitely not down the road. That's yeah. a good, that's a good answer that's to that. One. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, the sort of the next sort of part of, I guess, to, to talk about is like sort of your degrees and stuff, your education mm-hmm. before you sort of went into the production side. Like, so what did you, what did you do your undergrad in? And sort of like, how did that sort of lead into your career as a creative? Yeah, I did my undergrad in something completely wild. I didn't want to like narrow down. So I did an undergrad in American studies. Um, which is uh, why I lived in America for a year I just sort of I knew I kind of wanted to work in media but I looked at doing sort of journalism degrees and things like that and I don't know some people were like if you're not 100% then maybe do something like really broad just so you have a degree which I think maybe helps because when I went for interviews for sort of like my show the show I work on right now is cultural and current affairs it it kind of like leads into that more just being
being yeah. so broad there was a bit of film on it but um, not, not a great deal <laughs> yeah that was really broad and then I went on in the pandemic I decided to do a master's in producing film and television okay yeah. so like how did that I mean Amer- I, like firstly I, I I always like this is a really stupid question but like what sort of does American studies can this is just not even for the podcast this is just for me but like what does American studies kind of consist of just very quickly I, no, I, I get that a lot don't work <laughs> um so it's history literature film and culture and all based around America I mean people always say American history like there isn't much but I basically Mm. didn't want to do like really ancient history and I didn't want to do Chaucer and things like this so doing that was pretty good and it meant that I could do a dissertation I ended up doing my dissertation on the presence of stripping in pop culture and in media so like looking at films like Magic Mike and things like that so it was a pretty fun degree, to be honest. Yeah, it sounds I mean, interesting. Say it's a Mickey Mouse degree, but I hate that. It's this terrible phrase, and, and it means nothing. And it's, it's in the same bracket as, like, just get a real job. So, yeah, yeah it's stupid. But anyway, so how, how did sort of you get from, like, obviously you're doing American Studies things. So what, what sort of was the prompt to go and do, like, a master's in, in production and stuff? Like, how did that come about? Yeah, so in fourth year, it was when I came back from America, it was very obvious to me that actually, yeah, this is something that I wanted to pursue. And I was looking more and more at things and ways to do it. I, I was the media officer for my society and you know I was writing blog posts for the university and things like that I was trying to be creative in any way that I could and I was running my dances social media as well so I was trying to like you know flex some sort of creative muscle there <laughs> and then yeah the bloody pandemic happened so like all the trainee schemes and everything that seemed so appealing they all got cancelled and whatever so I just started doing loads of like BBC Academy things and they were like even if you can't do anything right now like make it happen for yourself so I started like blogging and stuff and I thought actually I guess I don't know sometimes people say if you have a master's you're overqualified to do nothing but I thought you know that would be a a great way to like at least get started and learn about it and it, it has helped like understanding like what a call sheet is and budgeting yeah. and scheduling and things like that and like like you said like doing a, a degree and never being on a film set at least I went on like mock you know like yeah. tv studio type things and I mean there was a promise of going to Cannes and things like this obviously pandemic didn't happen but things like that sort of spurred yeah. me on to actually pursue it and you're sort of also around like-minded people and it's a really good way of like you know be, like just getting that I think that energy really helps yeah. yeah I mean my podcast would never be happening I would never be working on that short film because that was all through like suggestions from people I met on my masters so yeah, yeah. your network's obviously so important it's something I'd say again and again on the podcast but I mean even when we have established guests on like we had Sarah Vickers and Andy Rovmere quite well-known Scottish actors like a few weeks ago like they were even you know even now they were saying like you know how important networks are and things so yeah absolutely but like sort of after so you're doing the masters and stuff so like mm-hmm. I mean it kind of a lot of, you know quite a few things you were doing at once obviously so I, yeah. I guess it's just like the order to like, to go in really but we'll We'll start with the short film why not we'll go with the short film first so like sort of talk about this short film and like what sort of things you were doing on that and how that sort of came about so yeah the reason why there's no sort of timeline to my life is because it all did really happen at the same time and I was way <laughs> overworking for not much money so yeah the short film came about because so our lecturers on the master's course were actually producers and one of the producers knew a producer that had exact mm-hmm. produced this short film and yeah it was already made by the time I got on it and they were looking for someone to run their social media whilst they were at film festivals which was something that I'd been doing you know I had a I had a COVID sort of response job from my previous uni. So I was doing that like 25 hours a week. And that was all social media as well. So my producer knew that I had those skills and sort of said, you know, here's this opportunity. And it's a really, really cool one, actually, because it's a refugee film and 
you know, Sting is attached to it. So that was pretty cool. Oh, wow. The best film that I ever worked on. Yeah, exactly. So it's all, I, I, all, I work completely in post, like doing the film festival stuff, which is so bizarre. Like when I was, I'd literally moved back home to do my master's. And so I was going to all these cool film festivals and I was like at my parents' house, low-key in my pajamas because they were all happening like across the world. So with time <laughs> difference, I was, yeah. And like, they were like winning awards and we were all like cheersing and I just had like, water in my parents house uh, yeah that was a, <laughs> a crazy experience but yeah I'm, I'm glad to still be on it to be honest I, what's the film called so people can like go and sort of look yeah. up and things so it's called footsteps on the wind it's actually not because we're at festival obviously not available to watch it, at, it but yeah. yeah right sure you can only watch it at festivals yeah it's by a brazilian and uk and u.s collaboration yeah it's great great film great short film won lots of like children's and animation awards so it's a really important one as well it feels like I felt really privileged for the first film I had I got to work on I didn't have to like sell out my values and just do like some sort of box pop interview on the side of the street do you know what I mean I could actually do something that had sort of a good message behind it yeah that's really exciting well obviously we'll link all this in the show notes people can at least go and track the film's progress and then eventually watch it depending on you're listening if you're listening in a year's time it might already be out so who knows yeah. okay well that, that's that's really interesting i'm i'm obviously it's funny I, you know you're talking about the timeline of your life thing but it's, it's like that with everyone like you have people on like i mean one of our guests rachel fulton who was you know she had literally had like such a, a crazy career of so many different things and it weird you know it doesn't really need to follow a certain order really it's more just for me and how to track the interview but like to sort of go on to your podcast stuff which I know you did a lot of over the summer like where did the idea for for overtime come from and do you want to just sort of tell the listeners what overtime is and, and what sort of the the idea behind that is as well yeah sure so overtime is a comedy entrepreneurial podcast all about the working world and um, the whole reason I found just get a real job is because I was doing market research making sure I wasn't making the podcast <laughs> that was already out there so it's an interview style podcast where we interview people that have had to do crazy things to get to where they are for instance we interview a footballer who also part-time still works at Sainsbury's you know all to fund their passion and and find their way in life and it also came about yeah when I, I I was just thinking about my sort of journey and when I was going for interviews for jobs and they were like trying to piece together my CV and it was literally all over the shop and I was like that's because <laughs> I do all of this like day after day like all at the same time so yeah I started a podcast to sort of be able to talk to people like myself that were just doing a million and one things to try and get to where they want to be yeah it's a weird industry for that isn't it like because everyone's very multifaceted as well but then you're also are like I'm very happy at the moment because it's the first time in my career where I've ever where I've sort of just been doing one thing and I'm not having mm-hmm. to work a side hustle job I feel very lucky about that but like it's so frustrating when you're in that point when you're you're maybe a writer and you're working in a shop to pay the bills but you also do something else and people just don't you feel like you have to caveat every sentence with I do this but yeah it's, it's like you know it's it's a really like difficult one isn't it I think yeah which is why like my grandparents always say I don't understand what you do it's, yeah because I don't do one thing I do a million things and I think like I've had really interesting conversations with people like people that have made a career out of TikTok and it's just like their parents and their family they don't understand it but it's because they've done all these crazy things just to sort of like hustle and get to where they are and yeah when I started my job now at ITV I said to my colleagues I feel so unbusy because like I took a break from because I moved I took a break from my podcast I took a break from the short film mm. so all I was doing was going to work Monday to Friday <laughs> 9 till 6 and I was like oh my god I have nothing to do like I'm so unproductive and they were like yeah. this is this is the real world Alice but yeah 
But it's a sort of weird thing as well, though, because you feel like as a a lot of creative people who I speak to on this podcast all the time, all feel, and including me, all feel like you constantly have to be productive and it's like, Mm -hmm. can't not be doing something. And that is probably not a good thing. I I don't know. It's probably something that maybe isn't healthy and you're sort of made to feel that if you're not doing something that you're lazy, which you need to, you need to have rest. And coincidentally, on the last week's episode that I had Joe on, Joe Caps on, who's an artist and stuff, we we had a conversation about this and and well-being and stuff. So do you find that quite difficult as a creative person to sort of switch off? Yeah, I mean, speak to my boyfriend. He's got many complaints about it (laughs) because especially during the lockdown, there was no life work balance because there was... But I was lucky because there was no life, so it was fine. Mm. But yeah, I would work all day, every day. And I was working well over 40 hours a week, which was so frustrating, especially when I was still doing my master's. Because I was doing 40 hours a week with work and master's before I'd even started my assignments, let alone podcasts and short films. So it was really frustrating when I had like sort of friends and family. I mean, I know they always mean well, but when they were saying like, oh, wait till you get a real job and you literally, that was such an unintentional plug, I'm so sorry. Um, uh, uh, it's and, great. You, this is like the third time you've done this now, so <laughs> thanks for the promotion. Um, and and then you and then you see, oh yeah, you'll be so tired and even you'll see what it's really like. And it's like, actually, I'm already doing way over that. I can't switch off. And especially when I was working in social media, the reason, one of the push factors to get out of it as well was the fact that I was checking and responding to DMs and comments on other people's profiles neglecting my own personal brand Mm. at like stupid hours in the morning like literally whenever people would respond I'd say yes and do that right away so yeah yeah, I I I completely struggle with switching off which hopefully this move to a new city will help with because you know I've actively got to go out there and get a life so (laughs) (laughs) yeah well I mean you know this is this stuff very fair like and I think it happens a lot Hello, it's Jamie here. You may have heard this advert several times before, but if not, this is basically just me taking a minute to remind you guys that if you're enjoying the podcast, there are a number of things you can do to help us keep growing. Now, as many of you might be aware, the podcasting landscape is incredibly saturated. And I mean, there's lots of podcasts. We all love podcasts. But it's very difficult for independent podcasts like us to sometimes break through and to be noticed. So doing things like sharing us on social media, word of mouth, and just telling friends and family to listen, or even leaving us a little five-star review on places like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts go so far in helping us to keep growing. Me and Elliot adore this podcast. We love making this podcast. So if you're able to help in any way by doing something like that, we'd be incredibly grateful, not just for our podcast, but if you love any independent podcasts, please try and give them a wee share or give them a review because it it goes so far. Another thing you can do if you enjoy the podcast as well, and we appreciate that this is a very difficult time, but if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us, you can donate as little or as much as you like to our Patreon page, and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash justgetarealjob, or you can click the link in the show notes. Anything you can afford, we are very grateful for. Thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy the rest of today's episode. And I'll not finish, like, sort of ask you about overtime yet. We'll, we'll come back to it in a sec. But just to quickly ask, because I was going to ask this later on, because I know you'd worked in social media a lot. And we asked this to Carla, who was on, because a yeah. long time ago, but she she worked in social media. And, like, we had a great conversation about sort of social media as, like, a positive and a negative. So, like, as somebody who works a lot in social media, how do you feel about it? And, like, do you, do you think that it's 
because obviously it's a very addictive thing and yeah. like I, f- I feel working in it as well as well as doing it as a, on a per you know because we all check social media personally as well but when you do yeah. it for a job you're like doubling your use of it almost so how, how, do, how do you cope with that honestly I love it to be honest I really really fell out of love with it but I owe a lot to it because actually the whole reason I got my job at ITV is because I interviewed for a job in social media and mm. they said actually not for that but hey what about the job in production because I made it fairly obvious in my interview that that's the direction that I wanted to go so yeah I owe a lot to it to be honest and even now in my job like when we're trying to find current affairs stories I'm constantly using social media yeah Yeah. I find it a difficult I've discussed this a lot with my friends the noisiness of it especially when you're being a creative you're creating this sort of personal brand and sort of network and in order to make it effective you have to be noisy you have to be like this is what I'm up to this is what I'm doing and this is a film I worked on blah 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 all to sort of like get it out there like if you're doing crowdfunding or anything like that for like passion projects it has to be so loud and I was like meeting people at parties and stuff when the world opened up and they knew what I was doing and I had no idea what they were doing at work do you know what I mean and I was like how is it that you know exactly what I do but you're a lawyer or whatever and I have literally zero clue about what company you work at or anything and even now like it has to be in your bio what you do if you're approaching people on social media to work and to appear on shows and things it it can be quite noisy which is is the element that I struggle with because Mm. sometimes like you know you don't want to like shout about it or like come across as like oh my god I'm doing so well when actually you're just shouting about it to to produce more work and to get more things out of it and all of the jobs I've had since I've been working in sort of creatives have come from people being impressed and being like stemmed from my social media presence because they're like there was no work out there but she got herself out there and just did something in the meantime so I feel like I have a lot to thank it for but yeah I'm glad now that I can scroll Instagram and it's not for work so much (laughs) yeah that thanks for answering that question because it's kind of an it's a we it's a difficult one to answer and I think everyone sort of I think we all feel a bit Social media is one of those things where everyone is so such a great tool and it's got lots of positives, but a lot of people also, it's a lot, a lot of negatives as well. So it's a very hard one to sort of know how to feel about. But I mean, it is difficult switching off from it. Like obviously I have to, I have to do the socials for the podcast and I, I, I kind of like doing it, but I also kind of hate doing it at the same time. It's, it's, a, it's a weird one. So thanks for answering that. But to sort of quickly go back on to overtime, like obviously that will hopefully be launching soon and stuff, but like how did you find doing that? And like, because you put quite a, lot, it was quite a lot of work into it. Like you had you had a whole team behind it and you were doing it in real life and stuff you'd filmed episodes and things so I like to talk yeah. about that but when I was setting out to do it I knew I wanted to do it properly and I wanted to do it effectively I actually ended up submitting one of the episodes as my dissertation for my master's so yeah there's a, <laughs> a few episodes ready to go but yeah obviously I mean you, you'll know this the problem with setting up a podcast with busy people because I chose busy people because they were the best workers I knew and the best most creative people I knew is that you can't pin them down for the life of you. So obviously they were all launching their careers as well. And yeah, people can sometimes let let you down left, right and centre when you just want to push something through. But I've always known that I wanted to do it properly and I wanted to use all my skills in social media and stuff that I'd learned in other jobs to do it like effectively and Mm. yeah, do something of high like production value. So yeah, it's coming. It's just such like like a ball and chain sometimes. Yeah. Well, obviously, we'll also link overtime. 
in the show notes. I mean, people can go and follow it now. Like, it's all you've got the socials already, and obviously it'll be out soon. And actually, I've just hired a new editor, so hopefully the steam is coming back in it. So um, I think the trailer should be out on Apple Podcasts soon. So that's that's good. That's very exciting. Well, as well as obviously overtime, because I mean, you've been doing so much at one. But like your new job at ITV is very exciting. I know you can't name the show, but like you're sort of working in. Um, well, I'll just like I'll let you say. You, you, I mean, well, maybe I can name the show. I don't know. I just didn't <laughs> check with my boss. <laughs> Um, but it's in my bio if, if you're that interested I'm loving it so far it's so weird like because obviously I went for a job in social media and then they just offered me this other role they offered me a role as a production runner and I turned up like on day one like in set blacks like not really because I'd done like daily runners and, and stuff for, for BBC shows and things like that so I, that's what I expected and then on my first day they handed me a, a MacBook and said work from home three days a week and I said what sort of runner is this so yeah basically what that means is that I am a researcher but I also handle the kit <laughs> that's what it means so I spend a lot of my time like finding people to appear on the programs and yeah it's really really fun actually and I love that they when they hired me was when they all came back to the office so it's been a really sort of like creative place to be in and like the series editor has seen me like walking around and I was like oh I'm just gonna go and do some kit stuff like some actual runner stuff and she was like no get in this development meeting like that sort of stuff you'd never get like if you're just sort of working from home or, or being a runner like not consistently on a on one sort of for a broadcaster or for one show so yeah it's it's been insane and already this the type of people that I've met and like the inspiration that they give is just it's insane I met a I met a PD the other day that was 28 and she'd been at the program for five years and like she was already a PD and she was like yeah I'm going freelance to be a PD now and I was just like oh my god and she she had my job five years ago so I was like yeah. wow, if I can be a PD in five years I'm sold like <laughs> sign me up you know that sounds so. that's, that's great uh, just, just for the listeners you want to you want to tell them what a PD is just because a lot of people think <laughs> producer director yeah, yeah. but in, in the sort of current affairs sort of sense a lot of the time if you're if you are directing you have to also be able to operate camera and things like that um, yeah shooter so. so do you think you'd quite like to so do you quite like the, the current affairs side of the the business and stuff are you quite interested in staying in that area like factual and things like yeah it's definitely been a curveball it's not something I I always aspired to work in children's television or comedy or I was telling you before we started recording on my second week at ITV I got to do a stand-in for university challenge and that was just literally <laughs> the race I met Jeremy Packman <laughs> I was taking selfies and Jeremy Packman was like oh. laughing at me I was like this is my second week at ITV like I'm really excited that's, um, that's class I know it was it, I, I, we got to do a whole rehearsal show like I was the team captain I actually had the same questions did you like, get any, did you get any questions right because it's solid yeah, isn't I got, it I got a question about um psychology right but with I, I flexed the Freud card the only psychologist I know oh, well we, <laughs> yeah. we 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 every like a lot of the time at Christmas me and my mates we'll, we'll put on the celebrity university challenge yeah. and we'll, we'll make it sort of a drinking game so if you get a question right because usually like you get two or three right because yeah. those questions are mental and I, I always love it as well have you noticed if you ever see the show that, that the, the the people on it because without generalizing quite mm-hmm. posh people you know they're very right, yeah. very <laughs> private schooly like you know proper you know oxford uni and all that right so yeah. they'll answer a question on like classical music or something which no one in the world really knows yeah. but then they'll get asked like a really easy question like what's this abba song and they're all like absolutely stunned they're like abba what's yeah. that it's like that's why i find the university chat but yeah. I, enjoy, I really enjoy watching it. i just find it funny to watch but anyway that's that's yeah. really cool that you're a standard yeah. for that. it was the most insane experience because I thought I was just going on to do um blocking and like lighting and stuff like that 
I think they dumbed down the questions a bit for the us telly people. Like the, the music round, I got Aretha Franklin. I don't think that's quite as like <laughs> yeah high as classical music Mozart now. But yeah, mm. that that's good fun though. And it, I, I, like um, it's it's weird how that happens in this industry. You just kind of get you do end up doing like random things like that. But it, it's good uh-huh. fun. Yeah. So like with this job and stuff as well. Like obviously that side of the the business. Like did you just see this job advertise it and sort of go for it then? Yeah, literally. It's very frustrating that the tv industry definitely used to be very like you gotta know someone but my biggest piece of advice is just apply because that's all I did I kept a log of all the jobs I was applying to and when I was like seriously applying I stopped most of what I was doing and made my nine to five applying and I was certain that it was going to be BBC or ITV channel four you know one one of the big broadcasters because that's the sort of thing that sort of excited me and yeah I applied to two ITV jobs and got called for one and then got rejected but got offered a different one so all you have to do is like apply and you never know what will happen yeah. no definitely there is a one thing and then I think the industry does need to get better at is sort of application forms and stuff though I think they do yeah. expect people to do a lot of a big application form for a job but then not remember that people are working around that and it's you know yeah. you it's like it's a couple of days work to apply for some jobs like it's a lot literally yeah and I I had my undergraduate graduation whilst I was like in this period of just you know I was quite lucky to be able to just you know live at my parents house and quit like leave the the job that I was doing most of the time and I yeah I'm not gonna lie like I had a massive breakdown the day before graduation because I was like everyone's gonna be saying you know it's been a year since you graduate like actually graduate like actually finish uni what have you been doing or like what are you doing now and I was just like oh my god I'm technically unemployed I guess even though I was doing like the short film and stuff but obviously there's a lot of creatives knowing like things like that at the beginning of your career then that they don't make you money Mm -hmm. so it's daunting yeah well I think it's really helpful though Alice for for the listeners and stuff to hear you talk to hear like about like a real experience of this and because people most people in this industry will really relate to like that experience and you know it is a really hard industry to sort of get into and and people don't you know and I think it's probably the same in music it's probably the same in other sides of the business as well it's a really tricky one to get into and like you know it's not easy so I mean well done for gear keep trying as well and like it's it's paying off clearly and also I think you're another example of of, of what you've been saying is you know you were saying it was a bit of a curveball getting into like the sort of you know factual side of things and yeah it just shows you that no everyone's path is different and things sort of just you know go go as they go exactly I mean and what you were saying about the applications some of them are intense like video diaries and things like us that's why it took so long as well I mean I think that was good in the sense of applying to be creative like because if you don't have a lot of say running experience or whatever it is that you're trying to get into being able to write an essay or do a video shows you a bit of you which usually is how I got my interview because yeah. previous to that I didn't have loads of experience in this specific industry but then like I I did an amazing application in my opinion for Great British Menu and because I'm such a foodie I literally love food and I I, I tried to bring that across I did video everything and then I got rejected from the job it was only a running job um, but it was three months and so I emailed the lady I was like oh just sort of inquiring like why didn't I get it and she said oh because you don't live in Stratford-upon-Avon and I was like what like that was because it was a three-month job, I was willing to move for that. Um, yeah. Like, lots of people do, you know, crew rooms on Facebook and whatever. And I was like, well, that wasn't one of the requirements. So, like, I don't... So, did you not even watch the videos and things like that? It was so frustrating. So, if you're going through it, like, I literally sympathise with you so much, but it's just a grind. Like, just keep at it and it, 
eventually someone will give you some interview even if it's not for exactly what you want like what happened to me you just go for it and then see see what you can get out of it absolutely no absolutely 100 well i know you said before we started the recording as well that you're you quite like you're quite interested in in potentially like in the future maybe working on game shows and things and like Mm -hmm. being involved in that so as you know from listening to podcasts before like i've got some fun questions before i sort of start to wrap things up so my first question is like do you have a favorite game show only connect because i can't answer all the the questions (laughs) okay i don't think i've ever watched that one before you've never seen it no what's that one about oh god if you want to be defeated on a monday evening watch only connect because there's about one round i can join in with but i just enjoy like (laughs) seeing all these like uber intelligent people like try and crack these questions yeah and the question writers on that show is it harder than university challenge like absolutely 100 (laughs) like it's it might as well be in a different language Oh, yeah, but I think oh, that's wow. one of my favorite. Okay, <laughs> this is a good one. Okay, like if you so, what would you sort of if you could go on a game show? Like, what do you think the ideal prize would be that you could win if you were to go on one? Like, if you were, you know, if you ever took part in one, is like an ideal prize that you would go for? You're not allowed to say money either because that's too easy. To be honestly, being on the game show would be the prize because <laughs> you know if you work in TV, you're not allowed to be on a game show. I found that out when I was there. Really. This really? is too late now. I need to quit because this is like my, <laughs> I love that sort of thing. So yeah, which is why I like grabbed that university challenge thing with both hands because I was like, this is as close as it's going to get. Yeah, apparently you can't really, because it's like conflict of interest. Because I mean, if you just, just then say, oh yeah, I'm on tipping point. Also, I work for ITV. It's like, yeah, I don't think it goes down well. <laughs> so yeah, being on the game show, like being actually able to flex that brain of, you know, all this academic stuff I've done for five uh, years. Fair enough. Fair, yeah. fair. And my sort of last of these questions is, do you have like a, mm-hmm. is it like a, do you have this TV show that you'd loved in like the last sort of couple of years that's really like sort of inspired you to want to work in this, in the industry? I was obsessed with Line of Duty to the point that I wrote one of my master's essays about it, about the transmedia marketing campaign of the last series, about like how they got like loads of influencers involved. And I may have brought a couple of t-shirts that have bent coppers on the front. Yeah. <laughs> pretty obsessed with line of duty i'd say anything that stacy dooley makes literally anything mm, she's very good um, yeah i'm obsessed with the fact that they're getting like people like big zoo and Munya chihuahua who have got like massive internet presences on tv i really enjoy that crossover so yeah there's only one thing we're interested in here son and one thing only and that's bent coppers. We're only interested in one thing here and one thing only, and that's bent coppers. I'm interested in one thing and one thing only, and that's bent coppers. Uh, what about the Essex show? Is that not? <laughs> I don't know that Towie or, or Billy <laughs> and Sam's knockoff show is that inspiring. Um, <laughs> Maybe it's what sparked the spark the flame in my youth, but yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, fair. Well, thank you, friends, for those. I've sort of tried to start wrapping things up because it's nearly been an hour, mm-hmm. believe it or not. I always go so fast. Okay, well, this this is quite a hard question as well. And like, I, 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 quite, I quite like asking it. I mean, you usually get some quite nice answers, but like, obviously failure is a very important thing, which we don't talk about as a society enough and we see it as a negative. But like, what would you say the sort of biggest creative failure in your life so far has been and how have you sort of learned from that? Oh, I have one sticking out of my mind, but so I interviewed for a for a job at CBBS, and I was like, really, I was going for it, like this was the dream, and I was on a really long process. I don't know if you've ever been through the 
broadcast the process but it can sometimes span months and I'd pinned all my hopes on it and I which is a stupid thing to do Mm. don't do that (laughs) and uh, I had a really 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 good interview and I could feel that you know when you can feel that like yeah you're gelling with these people and then I didn't get it and I spent the whole day in bed crying and yeah it was a complete write-off for me I've never felt so deflated I felt like I was going through a breakup because I'd been in this process for so long but I called for some feedback and they annoyingly told me you know they do it on a numbers basis per your answer and that I'd missed out by one point and I was like that does not make me feel better but actually it was really good because I I gained like the girl that interviewed me she, she kind of sort of became sort of a mentor figure-ish she was yeah. like sending jobs even if it wasn't for BBC and stuff and she was like she went through my CV and since that like it really picked up so what she said and how she helped me must have really really helped so yeah when you get rejected always ask for feedback because you never know who's on the other side of the phone <laughs> yeah no absolutely and it, it, it goes so far like even I think you know people you get rejected from stuff but like it does sometimes work out that way that you, you maybe still can do a good interview and not get the job and then yeah. somebody keeps you in mind for something else I mean like you said with your yeah. current job like you know you applied for a job and then they were like sorry you not got that one however come and do yeah. this one so yeah. I think I needed it I really needed that knockback honestly yeah or like I got into uni the uni I wanted everything like that um, and all the jobs I did before, like in events and hospitality, yeah. got all the ones I wanted. So I needed some rejection and it taught me, taught me and kept me strong for the rest of the rejection that was to follow. Yeah. Just get a real job. Well, we'd sort of spoken about, well, we've spoken about a lot of jobs and, and yeah. sort of, we've been very on the theme of this podcast, this episode, particularly like, I feel like we're very much, it's very on the nose episode, but in a good way, in a good way. But of course, one of what the question our podcast is named after, but like, what's the sort of worst part-time job or worst sort of quotes, real job you'd ever had to work to sort of support yourself as an, as a creative grown up? I've had a few, but one, one really good example is, oh, I was hired by, um well, a clothing company that I worked in events for, and they asked me to do some work at head office as sort of internship sort of thing I was really excited because it was like head office got there there was a box of maybe over a thousand keys on my desk and a blueprint of the office and my job was to match like go around the whole office and find out which key opened which door and like label it and mark it down and I like literally had three days of this keys job and I had the keys set up all over my like desk and on the floor and everything and at one point someone literally walked past my desk and was like you have the worst job in the world and I was just like thanks so much like I thought it was like a proper internship and then it was just like oh can you find out which like how to open this door so yeah that was not great also hawking I did hawking one which was an insane experience okay. as in like you know when you see American movies and they're like at baseball games and there's right. people yeah shouting like drinks and like popcorn like yeah I did that oh, was that when you're in the states no that was when I was in England and they had a baseball game on at the Olympic Stadium uh-huh. yeah and I I live like close enough to London to do it so I went along I was the only female that was doing it <laughs> and um I they gave me this like barrel that was like literally so huge and it was so so heavy and I had to walk up and down with a massive flag on me and just literally shout cocktails all day long and it was literally like July and I had to wear a shirt that was yeah that was horrible and the cocktails were like 10 pounds a cup so it was a hard sell 
and to these Americans I was trying to sell gin like you don't you don't really get like gin cocktails in America and yeah and I came back and everybody else had quit and I was like literally the only one doing it still so they they sent me home in the end because they were like literally everyone else has left Alice and I was like I sold out so I was pretty pleased with myself but yeah I've never felt like more of an idiot and I, I signed up to do the hawking because it was extra like pound per hour to the people that just like showed people to their seats. And I was like, am I, do I really need to do this? I would have sacrificed, you You know, you would have sacrificed the, the pound for, like yeah. to, to not have done that. Yeah. It, in <laughs> retrospect, I don't need eight pounds that much. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I really didn't. But it's been some good stories. Like one of the TV jobs I got said that, that they were interested in, in me because of my events experience. So I, I guess you say it, everything helps like no matter yeah. what the job is you can spin anything to sort of make it productive but I mean as I, you know it, it's, it's useful for people listening to hear these questions because all of us have worked horrible little jobs in the past before we got to where we are so you know yeah. we'd, all, we'd all have to sort of slug it out slug it out slog it out whatever it's it's half six on a Thursday who cares <laughs> <laughs> they can deal with it well we're nearly we're nearly at the end but like the sort of last question we ask is obviously and I think you've given quite a lot of advice throughout but if you can sort of just summarize your advice to sort of anyone who wants to I guess broadly work in the creative industries but particularly maybe wants to work in in TV and the sort of side of TV that you're in yeah well I think I found it very frustrating when I was speaking to people that had like got very far like that were you know 50 years old and had a career because they always just said oh yeah TV I just fell into it or it was an accident and that's very frustrating which is why like you you really should seek advice like from podcasts like this or from people that are starting out because they're actually the people that just went through it so yeah I I like that you ask this question because I always listen to what people say because you know when you're just at home like unemployed like um (laughs) but yeah I think one of the things that definitely helped me is if there's no work out there just make it for yourself particularly like during the pandemic you know launching a a blog and a Instagram and a social media presence that I've since like fairly neglected but always come back to when it you know when I wanted to launch my podcast and things I already had that platform to then branch from all my jobs that I've had since the pandemic like since I've graduated have have talked to me about that and have like sort of wanted to know more Mm. because it just shows that yeah you're out there doing it and within the first year of launching it I got five different jobs that I was working on through it so it's 100% worth it even though it does feel like a slog and it feels noisy online and sometimes it can feel a bit pointless you just like hacking away and blogging and whatever but yeah I would definitely just get yourself out there even if there is nothing that you yeah. want no, and absolutely. in the same vein just saying like yes to everything like me doing that stand-in for uni challenge it's just because I just said yes to an email someone just emailed me saying do you want to do this and I said yes absolutely within five minutes so yeah just saying yes yeah absolutely I think the saying yes thing and this is by the way this is great advice and I'm I'm not like absolutely vetoing that in any way but all I would say is and because I I'm the same I think you should try and take out as many opportunities as you can but sometimes it is also okay to say no to things if you don't feel like right for it or it doesn't suit you yeah or if you're taking on too much yeah because I think it's very easy for people like us that do loads of creative things to just take on everything and then you're like oh my god I'm doing too much and then you end up like not being able to do it all or deliver it in a way that's as good as it could be because you're doing too much so it's a really hard balance but the thing about putting yourself out there is great advice because I think it just shows that you're interested and you're you're taking your own initiative yeah And and I think just on the on the point that you just said 
I think if you say yes to the point where people are then offering you things, then you get to have the option to stand back yeah, and say yeah, yeah. no. Like That's having, exactly true as well, yeah. Yeah, I was having a call with someone that I um, used to work with today and she was asking me about crowdfunding for a project she's doing because of all the crowdfunding that I've done for short films. And I was like, literally just email them, like, why not? If they say yes, then, then you have the position to be able to say, actually, this is not what I originally wanted. I'm going to step back. So yeah, being at saying yes until you are in the position where you can make the decisions is is like the ideal. Yeah. Well, Alice, thank you very much. It's been a very enjoyable like Thursday evening after work. You know, I think it's been nice to chat. I, I feel like I've waffled a little bit more than normal in this episode, but that's not always a bad thing. Thank you so much for having me. This has been honestly so much fun. And uh, yeah, a really nice way to spend a day, especially after a day of work from home for me. I'm such a sociable person. I, I miss speaking <laughs> to people. From home. <laughs> well, obviously as well, I know Overtime Podcast isn't out yet, but it'll be out soon. So keep an eye for that. The link to that in the show notes as well. Excited to listen. Um, but thank you have a lovely night thank you so much so there you have it that was my conversation with alice i hope you enjoyed this week's episode i really really enjoyed some of the conversation topics we got into there's a lot of great tangents as well and you know it's always nice to just talk about sort of experiences of you know being this age in this industry and i think what alice said as well about sometimes it's best to get stuff from people who've just gone through it i think that's really really true so i really liked when she said that but thank you very much for listening thank you again to alice for giving us our time as always if you want to find out a bit more about alice you can check the links in the show notes and if you want want to find out a bit more about the podcast follow us on social medias and stuff there's links below that as well as always we are an independent podcast so we depend very much on your support so if you're enjoying the podcast or you'd like this week's episode and you think other people might enjoy it be sure to give us a like share tell friends and family to listen all that stuff goes so so far in helping us to keep growing word of mouth really is our best tool you can also leave a review on places like apple podcasts and google podcasts that sort of thing really really helps us to be seen as well and if you can afford to donate as little as a pound a month we also have a patreon page and there's a link to that under the podcast so thank you very very much for listening i hope you're well and we'll be back again next week with another episode of just get a real job just get a real job